Hey, hey, thanks again for pressing play. And welcome once again to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. My name is John Voida, and I'm one of your co-hosts and the managing editor of brightsideofthesun.com. Go check it out. we got a lot of great stuff happening over there, even though there are no games to be played. But I will say this, Matthew. Even though there's no games to be played, we're still going to play a game, aren't we? We are. Monday night. I've been waiting all night for Sunday night. Oh, it's Monday night. <laughs> Singing the wrong song. I'm excited. Yeah, we got a little game, guys. Thinking of yeah. some things to do to keep you guys occupied. And keep ourselves occupied. That was a great mm-hmm. Carrie Underwood rendition. I got to give it to you. Yeah. She's a role model. I was going to put her poster up, but yeah, a little too well, risque. I, I, I like the, uh, the Phoenix Suns neon light you have behind you i forgot about that light that thing's dope yeah it's back up you know i think i'm gonna get rid of the green screen stuff and just kind of build around me you know and just start making things and building balls that are suns just <laughs> <there. Whittling>. just start <laughs> Had them whitt- sit right here <laughs> becoming a whittler yeah there you just go. during the podcast it's just you whittling the whole time you know you're just you got a block of wood and you're sculpting into a sphere to make a yep. Phoenix sun's logo i gotta like keep it busy yeah that's what i'm gonna do yeah i mean you can't go outside so you might as well whittle away inside so mm-hmm. we're gonna play a game here jamsters uh plenty to talk about surprisingly even though it is the last day of july we're still coming to you live as we do every monday night and we're gonna have an announcement at the back end of this podcast about some other bonus content that we're gonna create uh just because we miss talking suns. You know, we got this kind of month and a half void ahead of us, and we've already gone through about three weeks of it, and there's still plenty to talk about. So make sure that you, you know, strap in, you, you hit that like that like button wherever you're absorbing this content. Give us a, a five-star review. Follow me at Darth Voida on X or Twitter or whatever it's Space called. X. <laughs> SpaceX. Uh, you can follow Matthew. I'm Matthew Lissy. And of course, you can out. follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Blue Sky, Threads, all those places. But we don't really post much. But you can get some good polls that we have out there because we put a poll out there. And we'll, again, we'll talk about that at the back end of the podcast. But Matthew, I'm going to pop open this uh, this Fever Tree ginger beer. Got to continue. You know, I'm going to. Get back on the Moscow mule yeah, cake, if you one will. night off, didn't you? Was it only one night? No, I had to hydrated. I, yeah, I did. Get, I got so dehydrated, I had a headache. But let's, let's pour some of this in this with some lemon juice and some Kirkland vodka. And uh, as they say, let's start the show. We're here to play a game tonight, and would you mind telling the Jamsters a little bit about the game that we're going to play? Yeah, so I think, did you put all the players, or is it just the actual free agents? I looked at the the wheel, but I'm like, it seemed like a lot more names on there. It's everybody who's new to the team this year, okay. uh, and Saban Lee. Okay, yeah, thank God. Because I needed I love, 10 I love players. that guy. Okay. <laughs> uh, so what's going to happen tonight is we're going to have a wheel. We did this before. We had questions, and the Jamsters came on, and they actually answered it, which was a lot of fun. But this time, we're going to do the wheel, and then all the names of the new players on the Sun are going to be on there. First, we'll spin it. We'll spin it once. Take one name. Spin it again. Take another name, and then we're going to 
challenge them. Be like, who do you, who are you most looking forward to this season to watch? It's not like one versus one, like who's going to win a competition between the two, but who are you just most excited about? And uh, I think that's a great idea, right? I think it's going to yeah, be a little bit it's of fun. Gonna, it's going to be completely random. Again, we have 10 new players. We actually have nine new players, but we added Saban Lee to the mix. But, you know, now that I think about it, we can actually take Saban Lee's name out because the Phoenix Suns actually had a, a roster addition today. Uh, they went utilizing their one of their three two-way contracts. They have two left because they've signed Saban Lee, and they yeah. acquired former uh, 27th overall pick in the 2020 draft, uh, Yudoku Azabuke. Azabuki, sorry, Azabuki. So uh, somebody who played and, and was really a quality player at Kansas. He was the 33 overall uh, recruit coming out of high school in 2016. And the Suns went and added him. So as I'm talking, I have added him to to our little uh, a wheel that we're about to spin here. And, and again, to Matthew's point, pretty simple game we're going to play, right? We're going to pick a player. We're going to pick another player. We're going to pit them against each other. And then we're going to have conversations about yeah. why we're more excited to see this player. Not is this player going to have a better season? Who knows? Maybe it'll evolve into that conversation. But let's go ahead and let, let, let's bring up the old wheel. It's been a while since we've brought out the wheel of names and let's see if it still works. Uh, can we see that, Matthew? Do you see the wheel? I do see it, yes. There's the wheel. The 10 who are watching, I hope you can see the wheel too. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give the wheel a spin. There we go. It's spinning, it's spinning, it's spinning. Money, big money, big money. And it's Utah Watanabe. Starting out strong. Okay, Utah Watanabe. And we're going to pit him against Tumani Kamara. All right. Tumani Kamara. Okay, so that's what we're working with right here. We're going with Utah versus Tumani. So, Matthew, I'll let you kind of kick kick it off, lead off. Who is the one player out of those two who you're more excited to see? Who are these guys again? <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of funny names this year. Am I wrong? Yeah, it's a lot, it's a big mix of guys. Like, if you were to come into the season not knowing anybody that the Suns picked up, you look at the roster and be like, wait, what? Who are these dudes? Because a lot of them, you just look at them first, you're like, I don't know who they are, but you dig deep into them. You realize how great of a player they can be on the floor and help this team win a championship. Utah is, of course, the guy. He's a fan favorite. I think he released that poll, the DraftKings poll, where besides yes. um, Bradley Beal and Eric Gordon, who's the best pickup, he was number one. I'm going to go with that. Tumani Kamara, of course, in the summer league, had some few ga a few games, but he plays like bigger than what he is. He mm -hmm. looks like he can run the floor, be explosive, and be fun, but he's not going to get a lot of minutes, right? He's not. Maybe in the back end, maybe due to injury, he can. But Utah's a guy that's, I think, going to come in and make an impact right away. And, of course, we're not saying about the best season, but I'm excited to see him with the starting lineup, with the bench unit, coming in and hitting threes. I think there's more to his game where he can play kind of just – ISO take a guy off the dribble a little bit. If he can find the mismatch, which there's going to be a lot of them because he's a big dude and he's very confident in his game, even like expanding it. Mm -hmm. He's going to be so much fun to watch. I think this guy like in Brooklyn, they chant his name in Brooklyn. And he, he was the funniest, cutest guy to interview. And he's just so excited about Brooklyn and then building something. Well, now he's in Phoenix and we're building something here. I think he's going to be fantastic to watch. And he's actually my most exciting guy to watch this year. Yeah, it's, it's a tough start in this fun little game that we play because Utah uh, obviously is is somebody who 
a lot of fans had their eyes on prior to free agency and said, hey, he's got the Kevin Durant connection. He is a left-handed Cameron Johnson, essentially, because he's a fireball shooter from beyond the arc. He meets a need that this organization has and this this franchise and this team needs coming off the bench, uh, somebody who's six foot nine, a wing player who can handle the ball a little bit, not necessarily his strength, but his ability to shoot uh, is going to be something that we're going to be very, very excited to watch and consume. And it sucks that, you know, the, the wheel of names, which we got to come up with a better name for the wheel of names. That's the name of the website. It's like, wheel of names.com or whatever so that's what i go to but mm-hmm. look at matthew's actually like looking up to jesus and be like jesus can you tell me a good name for this what do you think yeah it's like actually someone standing in front of me how creepy would that be what do you think sir <laughs> no i have we'll think the of body something. of Can't christ always come up with good stuff Can't yeah so instead of the of wheel of good. names it's something that we like to do here on the pod uh, i think it's the second or third time that we've done it but it's unfortunate that the first draw is utah versus tumani kamara because yeah. tumani kamara after what we saw in summer league I think it's something uh, – it's a player that I'm definitely excited to watch. I, I know that he's not going to, as you referenced, get a lot of minutes and probably get a lot of meaningful minutes. He's not going to have truly an opportunity to develop, although given his skill set and given what he showed in the summer league, I think that there's some opportunity for him. He played confidently. He looked – like a, a men amongst boys out there. He really looked like a player on a different level relative to his teammates and the opposition in the summer league. And of course his final game goes for a double, double looks fantastic and just leaves us salivating at what he could be because he's got the perfect kind of uh, build for the NBA it is. I think Tumani Kamara is also a, a lefty too. I think they're both lefties. This is a lefty on lefty matchup. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, oh, correct me if I'm rare. wrong. Per, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, Jamsters. But I think yeah. that uh, it's lefty lefty. Uh, so says Jay. Says the wheel of destiny. Very rare for the wheel uh, of destiny to start out this way. Sir, lefty versus lefty. Sir Hamo says wheel of destiny for show. Uh, hey dot zero says the money wheel. Look at you guys coming in, Sir Hamo. The Suns jam spinner. I like that. Now we're getting to some alliteration. That's how. <laughs> that's how you know. Uh, the, the sun's wheelhouse from Ollie yeah. Woe. Jamsters never disappoint, man. Even in uh, July. That was easy. That was easy, right? And Haydot Zero does say he is a lefty. So perfect. At the end of this, I, I do agree with you. I think that I'm unbelievably excited to see you to Wantanabe and what he can bring to this team. The offensive aspect that I've also uh, I've ever so craved throughout our time as Suns fans is having somebody who has the ability to come off the bench and just light it up. Eddie house style. And when you have a Damian Lee who shot 44% from beyond the arc, when you have a Utah Tanabi, who is a plus 40% three point shooter that just keeps the offensive pressure on the opposition. And it's something that I think is going to make this team very exciting and very unique. So although I'm a big fan of Tamani Kamara, it's gotta be Utah, right? Any, any thoughts on Kamara? Uh, no, I think um, you'll see flashes. I think, um, you know, when these games are kind of blown out, garbage time, you'll see a lot of him and we'll kind of be excited about him because he's an older guy. What is he, 23 and a half years old? He's like Cameron Johnson. Well, I think Cameron Johnson was 25 or 24 when he came into the league. But this guy is already very mature and he plays very confident. Um, but the Utah thing, man, that's going to be something that, you know, you got to come to the stadium to, to, to watch, I feel like, just uh, chant his name. But also, I think the he's going to turn into a guy that because he's so big six, eight, I know you said like the Eddie house, like coming in and shooting lights out. You're going to see a lot of, I think 
improvement this year and a lot of trust from the other guys for him to actually handle the ball and just do other things. That's just my prediction. We shall and see. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. We shall see. And are, are you ever going to call him Utah or is it Utah all year you long? Know, it's funny. You said Utah and I was like, yeah. all right, say Utah, Utah. And I said, Utah, 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 Wantanabe. That's what I went heard. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let's continue spinning the wheel of destiny. The sun's jam spinner. We'll figure it out. All right, we'll give it a little spinski here, and we're going to go with Drew Eubanks. Mm. Drew Eubanks. And we're going to talk about whether or not we're more excited to see him play or Bradley Beal. <laughs> oh, man, poor Drew Eubanks, oh. man. You caught, you, you caught a bad one there. All right, so we're now going to go Eubanks or Drew Banks, as some will call him. And Beal. So so I'll kick off this one, if you will. And I feel like we're once again stuck in a, a situation in which the, it's unfair. I think Drew Banks is going to be one of those players who will never excite us. I don't care. Like you put him against Tamani Kamara. I'd probably be more excited to see Tamani Kamara. Because, but what Drew Eubanks is going to bring is quality and consistency. He's going to shore up that center position behind DeAndre Ayton. If DeAndre Ayton, God forbid, gets hurt in any capacity this season, I think that Drew Banks can give us quality starting center minutes. And he's going to be a guy who just goes out there, gets the business done, is efficient, isn't flashy, uh, isn't sexy, has kind of a, a weird-looking face, you know, from a, from a Matthew Lissy perspective. He could be a spur. He was a spur. What else do I need to say? <laughs> uh, but Bradley Beal, you know, it's – it still blows my mind that Bradley Beal's on this team, Matthew. Like, until we actually see it on the court, where it's Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Pardon me, Francais, but what the actual fuck, dude? <laughs> like, Bradley yeah. Beal's on our team. And if you told me this, remember the game in December where Bradley Beal wasn't really playing well and the Suns were beating the shit yes. out of Washington. And Bradley Beal's like, you know what? I'm just going to go into microwave mode. Now, granted, I was at Christmas vacation at Scottsdale Fashion Square. I didn't see that game. Uh, but I heard the last five minutes of the game driving home, and that's all I heard was Bradley Beal going fucking nuclear against us. And now here he is, a member of the Phoenix Suns. I remember that. And the games were so tough to win then. And she's like, all right, come yes. on. He just pulled off. And all of a sudden, he wakes up in the fourth, and he knew what was going to happen. Bradley Beal is going to be very entertaining this year. Um, I think this is kind of my prediction going next year. I think Bradley Beal will be the fourth. If the Suns are going to win big, I think he can be the fourth best. And it's really tight, right? Yeah. Between is it, is Booker, the, Aiden. The, the, the police coming to get you on this they take? Are. Yeah, it's a terrible take, dude. They wait outside my house every pod. They're like, all right, this guy. They're playing our pot on the radio on their little radio and stuff. They're like, here he goes again. Come on, boys. Let's go get him. So here they come. And just hold on. I'm almost done with this take. So <laughs> just one second. You guys puking in the corner. Yeah, just hold oh on. All right. I'll be God. there in a second. Where's your warrant? Sorry, Bradley um, Bill. Bradley Bill will be um to me. This is just prediction. It's very, very close. Um, Booker. Um, it goes in this order. I think it's gonna be Booker's the best. I think Aiden will be the second best towards the end of the year and i think that um it's gonna be katie and beal and of course like what are you gonna what are you supposed to do with that but i really did have a lot of respect this year going into the season for deandre aiden for some reason so i'm gonna give him the second but then also beal he's gonna be amazing he's gonna make a lot of money and so you know look back in the season and be like dude that guy made that much more money than booker and you know kevin durant than yeah 
than almost everybody in the NBA. And he was like the fourth best guy on the team. But Eubanks, on the other hand, I'm actually excited to see him. But I just wish, I don't know, like the point guard, I guess him and Eric Gordon, him and Saban Lee, I have big expectations for him. Maybe Saban Lee and Eubanks can get something going. That would be fun. I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to Beal. And I, of course, I'm going to give it to him. But I think Eubanks, him in the two-man game, I think he can pull something together with Saban Lee this season. Um, but of course, I gotta choose Beal on this one. That sucks, man. That's brutal for you. You bring, sorry, you, yeah. That so, sorry, you, but sorry, you just you, you caught a bad draw. Uh, you bring up an interesting point about about Bradley Beal, and I don't know how many people have talked about this, or uh, you know, I just think that we're still so excited for the season that lies ahead that we haven't actually put ourselves in a December four game losing streak, and Bradley Beal is underperforming. And he's getting paid, what, $37, $47 million a year. And we're like, hold on, this is the highest-paid guy on this team, and it's just not clicking right now. And at what point does the the fan base become a little bit restless? Because it will happen. It's an 82-game season. There's going to be peaks. There's going to be valleys. There's going to be this team trying to find itself and understand who and what they are uh, as an offense and as a defense. Uh, Bradley Beal recently said in an interview with Slam Magazine that he – wants to become a great two-way player in this league. And I think on a roster like this, he can definitely do that. But again, there's going to be some challenges uh, throughout the season. It'll be just interesting how we react, especially you and I doing the post-game podcast where we're literally reacting after a tough loss in which he goes, you know, three of 19 from the field for 10 points and two assists. Like there's going to be that night where we're just like, this guy's getting paid $97 million <laughs> yeah. over four years. Contracts, right? yeah, we always the- bring up the money with a poor performance. I don't think I'm, I don't expect a lot of that from him just because he can probably do, do anything on the court, like being the second guy or the third guy. Um, but I do think that there's going to be a lot of Eubanks games where we come on here. We're like, what the fuck, man? It's going to be like the jock thing where we don't play his drop for like two months. You know what I mean? It might be that way. It might be, but I, I don't think with Eubanks we're going to run into that issue. I think that he's just going to be an unbelievably solid backup for this team, uh, consistent backup. Based on everything that I've heard, it's a steal that the Phoenix Suns got him. And when we talk about price for value paid, when we talk about the challenge that potentially might lie ahead with Brad, uh, Bradley Beal and his, relative to his contract, Drew Eubanks on a veteran minimum is going to shine. And I think that it's just going to be one of those nights where, you know, you sit back and you go, yep, I'm, that was a that was a damn solid pickup by the Phoenix Suns. But sorry, Eubanks, you really caught a bad beat because you went up against Bradley Beal <laughs> on the wheel of jam, Hi, jam destiny, jam city. I'm not going to come up with these things on the fly. Sometimes I am. The spiel of the Beal of destiny. I don't know. Let's spin that goddamn That's wheel. That's pretty good. The Beal of destiny. Here we go. All right, so we're going to go with the new guy. He's literally been a son for less than three hours. Yadoku Azubuke versus, all right, it spins, it spins, it spins. Jordan Goodwin, ladies and gentlemen. Jordan Goodwin. Okay, so here we go. I like, do you hear the claps and everything? Does that come across on the audio? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so so live audience. You can hear the live audience. Like, that was amazing. So in this round, we're going to go Goodwin versus the new guy. Right. So who are you most excited for, Matthew? Oh, gosh. 
<laughs> I thought you would never ask this question. Ozabuki or Goodwin? Mm, so I'm going to go Goodwin, right? Know a little bit more about him. No, he's been on the team a little bit longer. Um, the whole Ozabuki thing is like, do we just not trust Metsu? Are we kind of just on the third guy um, behind DeAndre Aiden? Are we just kind of upset in that situation? So we kind of need someone else as backup going in the training camp. Maybe that's the reason. So that's a little exciting. But I think um, with Goodwin, Undrafted guy, lots of proof. Good interview when he first came here. Very solid there. Yes. So that's good to look forward to, right? Good win. That is, is that, the answer. That, that, that is a good win for good win. Uh, <laughs> you know, when, when it comes to Hidoku, uh, I just, he's somebody who, he's going to be a, t- a two-way contract. He is a backup to the backup to potentially the backup, right? I mean, yeah. we don't know in what capacity Bowl Bowl is really going to play this season. But I think that this is just a a depth play by the Suns. This could just be a preseason depth play. This could be a two-way contract guy. You bring in, you let him play some minutes in the preseason because you don't want to put DA out there in a ton of minutes. And then when the season starts, you just go, okay, you know, have have a good life or what have you. So I think that, you know, he's somebody who we really have to see not, not a lot of success in his three years with the Utah Jazz ended up averaging a total of 3.3 points, only played in 68 games for the Jazz. Not somebody who had a, a ton of impact in on a team that at times he could have. Whereas Jordan Goodwin is somebody, you know, you, you talk about Saban Lee and the potential for him to be effective with the bigs, right? With with the backup bigs, with Drew Eubanks, perhaps with Chimetsi Metu, maybe with Bol Bol. But Jordan Goodwin's going to be the guy who's going to be the number two coming off that bench at a point guard position. I think Eric Gordon's going to play some point and he's going to get a lot of minutes uh, and he's definitely going to get the backup two guard. But Jordan Goodwin's going to be the first one off the bench and it's not going to be Saban Lee. I think that with the way that this team is built, when you look at Utah Watanabe, or as Matthew calls him, Utah Watanabe, he's an offensive guy coming off the bench. Damian Lee, if he comes off the bench, he's an offensive guy. Eric Gordon is more of a two-way guy. He can play offense. He can play defense. He can facilitate a little bit. Uh, Bull Bull is a zero on fucking defense. So if you're using him as a second-team unit and he's like your 10th guy, he's an offensive guy. Jordan Goodwin's a defensive guy. Jordan Goodwin is a younger uh, Javon Carter type. He's a dog on defense. Mm -hmm. He wants to be better on offense, but he's definitely a dog on defense. So if you're going to sit there and you're going to – put an offense out there with the second team unit and obviously staggering minutes with Beal and Booker and Dur- and Durant, you know, when they're all healthy, Goodwin's going to come out there. He's going to pass the ball a little bit, try to distribute, but he's going to focus on making his name on defense. And I think that, that you need that. You don't need five guys to go out there and play zero defense and just try to seven seconds or less you out of the, uh, the arena. I think that you need somebody who's going to come out there and provide some of that. And I think that, we haven't talked enough on this podcast about the impact that Jordan Goodwin's going to be because we're both Saban Lee fans and we're both looking forward to what he can he can bring and he we think that he's somebody who obviously has the talent and Goodwin is one of those people who is definitely going to be somebody who makes an impact on this team. It'd be interesting to see him come first off the bench and uh, that might be something we can bet on maybe. I, for how long will he do it until Saban Lee proves himself but then also Saban Lee might fall off maybe because there's more film on him that other teams have, they can look at him and actually kind of break him down now. Because Saban Lee got through, he got, I think he got away with a lot last year, the way he was playing. He was pulling off these miraculous plays every once in a while to make you believe in him for a future like back, a point guard. That's where I am right now. So mm-hmm. it's huge for Saban Lee to come into this year, 
and just make sure that he builds on what he did last year. Because if he proves himself, he'll he'll be a full-time player for the Suns. And then Goodwin, defensively, yeah, that's definitely what you want him out there for. I just I want the versatility too in Saban Lee, and I think he can bring that. But um, and I and I, th- and I think Gordon and I think Goodwin can. I think that he okay. is a more talented version of Saban Lee. Saban Lee can't shoot to save his fucking life. Uh, I do think we have a winner, Ollie, Ollie Woe, Elite Jamster. If you want to become an Elite Jamster, simply press the join button on the YouTube channel. Sunge Jam oh. Spinner Wheel Thing. That well sounds right to me. Well thought yeah. out. I think it's unbelievably accurate. Uh, so we will go ahead and we will spin the Sunge Jam Spinner Wheel Thing a couple more times here. And then we'll give another spin and do it a little bit quicker. You know, do some other matchups, if you will. But we'll start with Chemetsi Metu. And we'll put him up against. It's getting low here. Bowl, bowl. Oh, this is interesting. Ooh, this this, this, this one's going to be a little interesting. Okay, I can I can be with this one. All right. So you got Bowl, bowl. You got Chemetsi Metu. And uh, I'll start I'll start out on this one. I'm more excited to see Chemetsi Metu. Okay. I think if he's somebody who is athletic he can play on both sides of the court uh not great on both sides of the court that's why he is who he is if you will he's somebody who the kings tried out multiple times he didn't necessarily stick he just couldn't break that rotation in sacramento and it was a breakable rotation and the same is going to happen here in phoenix he's not going to break the rotation with regular with regularity he's going to be one of those guys who we see for spurts, uh, we'll see if there's injuries. But I think that if you go and you watch some of his highlights, I know he's not in transition going around the back and you know dunking from the free throw line like Bull Bull did like three times last year and everybody's just... Ugh. But I think that Chimetsi Metu has a, a real shot of being somebody who can make an impact on this roster. I think Bull Bull is overrated, and that's just me. I think a lot of people have high expectations for bull bull because he's a freak and he is, he's seven foot two. He's got a seven foot eight wingspan, but he's a horrible perimeter defender. He's a horrible interior uh, defender. I've said it before. He's somebody who's too thin to guard the bigs and too slow to guard the wings. So he's just a guy in the middle where Schmetzi Betu can kind of do both. He's a little bit thicker. He's a little bit more athletic. He can guard wings. He can guard fives. If you need to uh, prior to bull bulls acquisition. And now Yudoka's. Uh, acquisition. He was the backup to the backup center, in my opinion. I think Bull Bull is a positionless player on a positionless team, yes, but I don't see a place where he can find himself breaking the rotation, whereas Chimetsi Metu at times will get uh, some some quality minutes. So I'm going that I'm more excited to see Metu. And I can understand why people would be more excited to see Bull Bull because I think in the, in the arena, that's what the casual <laughs> yes. fan will be asking for. Yeah, I think it's going to be exciting until you actually see it and you're like, okay, this might not work. The reason I'm going to choose Metu too is because I think that when he left Sacramento, he left like a lot of questions um, with the media, the media, like or the, the exit interview, just being talking about the minutes he actually missed out on. He wants to earn those minutes. He wants to make sure that he actually makes himself known on that team. He has the effort. He wants to be some guy out there that's going to make a difference on this team. Bull Bull, on the other hand, is a guy that I just feel like he's going to go out there, try his best maybe but he just seems like a dude that's just gonna be there right he's just mm. gonna be on the bench be fun to go see watch if he even plays that night but metu's out there to prove something man like yes. a lot of these players he is it's kind of underrated on this team where 
he's a guy that just felt like he didn't get the chance in Sacramento, but now he has an opportunity maybe on a championship contender to really make his way into the lineup due to injury or just due to his actual play. I think it's almost there for him to kind of be a solid kind of third guy, maybe off the bench, but he just has that will to want to improve. And that's the thing I'm looking forward to most with Metsu. Yeah. So don't get me wrong. I definitely think that a lot of fans are going to be very excited to see bowl bowl play. And I, and we'll mm-hmm. all just, we'll all yeah, perk so up excited. a little bit in our, in our seat and we'll be like, okay. But I think from an impact standpoint and somebody who wants this team to win a championship, I think Metsu is the one who can assist us in getting there, not necessarily yeah. bowl bowl. So back to the final two on the sun span sun's jam wheel spinner thing. Got to figure out how to do this here. Doing this pretty good. We know who it's going to be. It's going to be Eric Gordon versus Keita Bates Diop. Oh, this is going to be a good one, Matthew. This is going to be a good one. I like it. Okay, so let's go ahead and 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 talk about those two right there. Eric Gordon, Keita Bates Diop. Mm-hmm. What are we thinking? Who are we more excited for? KBD. I'm going to go that way. Um, Gordon, I think you can know you know what to expect, right? We, you talked about crunch time minutes where he might play an actual role on that team towards the end of games, which is something to really look forward to this year with him and to see if that percentage, the three-point percentage, can actually skyrocket a little bit more to 40% this year. Um, with the Clippers last year, Eric Gordon actually played a little bit better because he's on a team that meant something, that actually had something to play for, even though there was injuries. Um, KBD though, it's like, even like you, you're talking about him being a starter, a guy that you can slide in there between, um, KD or next to KD and Deandre and a guy that's, um, a a perimeter defender, just all out hustle, um, high praise from the Spurs, maybe a steal, like a whole lot of these guys, but he is a dude that to look forward to as maybe being a possible starter. So that makes it more exciting for me. I think Gordon is who he is. I'm excited that we got him. It was a cherry on the Sunday, right? Yes. He came into the as soon as they announced him, I was like, okay, now they did a great job. It was like, okay, okay, okay. It's all right. They're doing okay. But then as soon as we got Gordon, it's like that was a solid pickup. That's good to look forward to because you know you have a six man on the team now that can actually play crunch time minutes. But I'm gonna go KBD, man. Who you got? Yeah, I think you, got KBD. You, you know, going through the chat, Aussie Suns fan says Kata, uh Creepy Collie says Diop. Sir Hamo says, we know what Gordon can do. I'm more excited to see Diop play. Hate zeros with KBD. Uh, Bates Diop from John Nelson. Longer, better motor. Um, you know, Gordon from Joel Ramirez. Gary King says KBD. You know, both. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm going to go with Eric Gordon in this one, just because everybody's kind of talking KBD, and, and Lord knows I'm excited to see him play. But, man, I'm excited to see how – the Phoenix Suns and Frank Vogel integrate Eric Gordon into this offense and what his role is ultimately going to be, because it's been quite some time since we've had such a quality sixth man play on this team. I mean, it might've been since Leandro Barbosa, I'm guessing, uh, you know, the roadrunner, the, 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 the police officer, uh, as that's ringing in the background again, what the fuck's going on in your neighborhood tonight, man? Old, old people on the loose getting out, just living their life. Yeah, on a Monday night, they're out there getting crazy. But I want to see what Gordon brings to this team. I want to see what his impact can be. I want to see those last five minutes having Eric Gordon out there and just throwing an offensive mismatch at the opposition, and they're going to just absolutely uh, 
just be dumbfounded in what to do in so many different ways. So it's going to be interesting to see that. Um, I'm kind of pissed. I want to do the real, the, the wheel sun's jam spinner thing again. And so I just, I reloaded it and just reset everything. I'm like, come on, man. I spent like 20 minutes setting that goddamn thing up. So I don't even, we can't even do another whole nother round. I wanted to like pit more guys against each other. Well, we can just name some off. Yeah. Right. And the jamsters can just shout like the first two names that pop up. Maybe there you go. go. First, first, first two name. We'll, we'll do it that way. Okay. So we got stupid, a little bit more time. <laughs> stupid, stupid jumps, jams, um, thing name name namer thing name of wheels should be the intro for it is you trying to actually say the name i just don't even i don't even know what to say yeah like where did it go that's KBD so versus Utah. well let's do different names right or you well, want to do the same no that that no no same one but different all right there you go so let's start with this one uh from hey dot zero um and then john nelson said it right afterwards as well kbd versus you Wantanabe. that's a great one because so many people are—I mean, some people think that Yuta Watanabe should start. Do you think he should start? No, I don't think so. He might play his, himself into the starting position, but I think that's going to be due to injury. I think he's going to be a solid guy off the bench, but he's not going to bring anything to really like. Okay, let's see what he looks like with the starters right off the bat. I think you have him come in, and it's exciting to look forward to. It's like, oh, we got a nice, crisp little fifteen-point lead in the first quarter because our starting lineup's fucking sick. And yes. then Utah comes in. That's exciting. I want to see that. I'm going to choose him, of course. I'm going to choose him over a lot of guys. So if you go head-to-head with anybody, uh, even over Bradley Beal. No, I'm kidding. But KBD is definitely a guy that um, we, like you just said, that he, you can look forward to um, coming off the bench that might be a starter. That's awesome. But I think Utah, what he's going to bring, it might just be – I know I said that Eric Gorns liked the cherry on the Sunday, But Mm -hmm. if we find out that Utah brings something even more off the bench, that's very exciting to me more than what Eric Gorn might bring. I think Utah is going to be the more exciting one because of the offense that he will bring. I think that KBD is going to be steady Eddie. I mean, he's going to be, in my opinion, he will be the fifth starter for this team. And if he is the fifth starter for this team, uh, he's going to fill a role, but we're going to be so busy watching Booker and Beal and Durant and Aiton that anything that we get from KBD is, is a bonus or we'll be disappointed with in all honesty. Whereas when Utah comes in, we're going to be really excited for somebody who can potentially light it up from beyond the arc. And that's just more exciting. It's like, you know, chicks dig the long ball, right? Well, he's going to be chucking up three pointers left-handed uh, and just with his cute little face out there and everyone's the headband too. Yeah. The headband, everything Looks about good. him. Nice hair. So, Flowy hair. Yeah, as, as as he's jogging back after hitting a three, the, the hair flowing in the wind, everyone's going to be excited for that. And I think that, you know, if that's the game, if we're asking who we're going to be more excited for, I think that that's somebody who it, it defines that. Whereas KBD, you, you need a guy like him, and we want him to be just that solid guy. Go back, go down there, grab some defensive boards, grab some offensive boards, hit, a, hit an occasional corner pocket three. Uh, D a guy up, you know, have some good help defense. I think that's one thing we'll really be watching with KBD is how his help defense looks. So it's funny because you look and everybody is talking about Utah, right? Like Aussie Suns fan, EG versus Utah, uh, five Eba or Siba, Utah versus Akogi. Like everyone wants, you know, it's clear that that's to, to your point. You know, we, we put a poll out there on brightsideofthesun.com. Who is the player not named Beal or Gordon that you're most excited about this season? And winning with 40% and pretty easily was Utah Watanabe. Is Okogi, though? Oh, sorry. Go for we were it. Done. Is nope. Okogi actually a, a new son, though? Because he didn't really play in the playoffs, right? Because no, Monty just stopped playing he's, him? He, he's, not, he's not a new son, man. He's, okay. he's, he is. If you were to ask me what average, our best right? pickup was this offseason, 
Uh, it's Gordon, number one. Uh, Beal via trade, obviously, but from a free agency standpoint, Gordon, number one, but Akogi, number two. I'm really, really excited kind of for Josh Akogi. I forgot yeah. about I know it's not a new son, but I forgot that we actually had him, and he's actually my starter in that lineup for show. Well, I mean, I think it just goes to show you that his he's just one of those guys. He's kind of low-key. He kind of just hangs back, kind of gets it done. Wears some flashy uh, clothes. He does wear some flashy clothes, but he's just you, you need you need one of those guys. You need yes. one of those guys on your team. You need a, a Josh Akogi fuck shit up guy, and that's another conversation. Oh, is right is uh you know is it him or is it Kata Bates Diop who even starts? And I think that's something that's going to be uh, debated. You know when when if if Kata is the one who ultimately gets the start because again I think that. You bring Josh Kogi off the bench, just like I talked about in the past. You know, yeah. him, Jordan Goodwin, plus offensive players around them. Like that's a good, you know, just they're, they're going to fuck with you on defense, and that's what you want. You want to see that. So we'll seems see. insane going over these players like every pod. Get more excited every time. I really do. I just can't just, wait. We're so we're so far away. We're so far away. We'll be here quick. Trust me. Yeah, this is true, but you know, it's just August. Everything you want on the other side of August. And August is such a shitty month. I fucking, I know you guys have probably heard my take on August. I just, I hate. I like August. August. So I like the I storms. Oh, gross. I like everything about it. I don't like anything about it. <laughs> There's no football. It's just Hot anticipation of football. There's no basketball. Baseball. Who cares? It's a hundred and hell out, and it's humid. Yeah. It's Thirty-one days long. Just say it out loud. You're like October, November, December. August, just phonetically, it sounds like shit. I can't say I fucking hate. I think it's because I get so excited about what's next because football's coming, and then also obviously basketball. But um, August gives you some time indoors to take care of some things to knit, like whatever you're talking about Mm -hmm. before crocheting or whatever. Little crochet and watch the storms and hang out inside. Invite some people over. Invite the cops over with your bad takes. There's nothing wrong with August. (laughs) Yeah, see, like that's why I like October. Because October playoff baseball is going on, football is going on, basketball starts, and you have all the excitement leading into Thanksgiving and Christmas, but none of the responsibility yeah. yet. It's right around the corner. Like you don't have to put the Christmas lights up yet, but like it starts to cool down in Phoenix. It's just, you know you can get a little cozy. You know on with with the this the crochet sweater that you knit in August. You can put it around yourself, <laughs> and you know like, ooh it's it's getting a little cool here. Let me watch a football game and. Whereas in August, you're sitting there and being like, fuck, everything I want is on the other side of hard. I don't want, I don't like August over October. October is my favorite month ever. I love Halloween. It is the best. That's that's a real cherry on the Sunday if I'm going to use that every time we talk about something that's great. Maybe we should talk about strawberries on Sundays. Why does anyone have strawberries? (laughs) Why does it always have to be everything else but the actual strawberries or the cherry? Why does it have to be a cherry? Because the cherry has a stem. And then you're like, oh, this is great. And you're like, oh, now I got a stem. Now what do I do with this? Cherries overrated? They might be. They could be. They're never good. They're always soggy. I never had like a nice crisp cherry on top of my If you have a good like maraschino in a cherry that's like, you know, for like an old fashioned, that's 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 a good one. Nice and sweet. Oh, Joe Ramirez. August is the best. I I just I I don't I'm living in a place now where I've been in Arizona my whole life and I don't really I'm like it's hot out all right I know we're not sitting here really complaining well I guess we are but I just you know wake up a little bit early go on a walk go on a run and then go inside and just you know the rest of your day is fucked because you're so dehydrated that's nothing wrong with that (laughs) yeah sounds great (laughs) I I love that it's the worst month you know there's 12 months and August is easily and it's 31 fucking days 
Like, why can't this be one that's 30? Why don't we make August 28 days just for shits and giggles? Yeah. Give me into well, September already. What we should do is we should start actually vacationing in August. Go other places. Go to Oregon or something. You know what? And just do the pod from there or something so we don't talk about August all the time. I like it. We can go up to Oregon just to hang out, keep Portland weird and such. We should go yeah. down to Australia. It's like winter or something down there. You can do that. Uh, I like what John Nelson. This is a good one. Jordan Goodwin versus Drew Eubanks. Who are you more excited for? This is really – I like this one because they're both in that kind of same camp of – Steady Eddie, not a lot of expectations, but mm -hmm. I do expect them to just be solid players. Okay, I think Eubanks is going to be more solid than uh, Goodwin being the backup because I think Sabling is going to fill that obviously and eventually, but maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe you're totally right. Eubanks, though, to me, I think he is just uh, kind of a badass, and he can be right. He can you can expect maybe more from him game to game to actually help you win off the bench. Yeah. Um. But I just I'm I've. I've been so excited about Eubanks. I really am. Like when we went, when we started this pod and we was looking at the names, he was kind of like the last one I looked at. I'm like, oh yeah, we got fucking Eubanks, yeah. man. Like this is gonna be exciting this year to actually have a good backup. And it's not gonna be like I know I mentioned the jock thing earlier, but it's not gonna be like that at all. This guy, there's a lot of expectations, but this guy is more versatile than versatile than Jock will ever be. Ever be, and he's making a lot less money. I know we mentioned yes. that before too, which is even better and just more exciting to look forward to. Yeah, how the hell are the Rockets playing paying Jock Landell thirty two million? Good for you, Jock. That's fantastic, Good. Good man. You, man. You know, yeah. but like from a price or value paid, yeah, Drew Eubanks, uh, whose Instagram handle is Drew De Tower. The guy's just like, I'm really excited to. Like I want to see his post game interviews. I want to get to know who this Drew Eubanks guy is because he kind of seems like one of those low key, as typically some centers are. You know, he's six mm -hmm. foot nine. Uh, he he's twenty six years old. He's born in Starksville, Mississippi, but he grew up there, up in Oregon. You know, he's somebody who's probably who's hanging out in, in Oregon. You know, he, he's the the Shack of Troutdale is his nickname because he went to high school in Troutdale, Oregon. He's probably up there right now. I mean, like I'm not down there in fucking Phoenix. Fuck you guys. Uh, <laughs> I'll get there eventually, but. I'm more excited for you, Banks. I am. Don't get me wrong. Like you're highly undervaluing what Goodwin's going to be. Saban Lee's a two-way contract guy, right? For a reason. And if they if he plays himself onto this team, it'll be at the expense of somebody like Ish Wainwright, which that's okay in my opinion. But I think that Jordan, yeah. But I think that Jordan Goodwin is really going to surprise you. Uh, and I, I am excited. But I like Drew Eubanks. I just think is. I need him to be solid. We need to have that backup solid guy, right? We need to have that. Yeah, yeah. Creepy Collie, you're just asking everybody how their weekend was. Who's, who's a, Gary? I was trying to. I, oh, Gary King. My bad. Yeah, he's saying right. But he's just everybody who comes in the chat. He's just like some petty in the corners. Be like, how was your weekend? <laughs> yeah, or, I think it's nice, right? That, or is, that, it, is it petty? I just think that that's boy, someone's that, weekend. That's okay. That, with that, me. that that Boyd's a weird dude. It's just everything he does. Like even in group <laughs> chats, he's just like, "So guys, how's your weekend?" I'm like you don't care. You just want to talk shit. <laughs> Somehow you're like, "I had a good weekend." He's like, "Yeah, you would have a good weekend, you bloody wanker." <laughs> Whatever he says. Bloody wanky. That stupid. was the name of my band on a rock band. Was the Bloody Wankies. You guys remember the rock band game? <laughs> Heck yeah. on band. It was the Bloody Wankies. I remember me and my buddy like the song we would play over and over again, and we just had on point with Spirit in the Sky. Was that song on there? It was one of. I don't remember that there, one. there was like twenty seven rock bands and guitar heroes. I know been, that was you know. huge, man. And then the Beatles one came out. 
Dude, being in an apartment when that was popular, that must be the most annoying shit ever because everyone played it. Whatever age you were, everyone was just clanking everyone on the drum. On the guitar. Spirit in the sky. Man, 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 man. Should I um, nail the drums? Do, should we do a childhood trauma? I was thinking, I don't know if we did this one. I don't know if we have something else we want to talk about. Well, I do want to talk a little bit about the Sun's Uni and then oh, we'll yeah, go. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. So tomorrow, tomorrow they're going to release the new Sun's uniforms. Uh, we've talked about it in the past. We've brought up some of the different concepts that have been out there. Uh, at Suns Uni Tracker on Twitter does an absolutely fantastic job of tracking these things. He he scours the internet. He looks at like trademarks, and if the trademark uh, has been filed by a team, like he's aware of it. It's it's really uh, it's it's really fantastic. Some of the work that he does taking a look at this. But tomorrow is the the official day in which the Phoenix Suns are going to unveil the 2023 updated icon and uh, association additions. And what's interesting about that is it's the first time that the team is or has updated those versions of their jerseys since 2017. When Nike took over, it was, you know, Adidas previously ran it adidas is the team that took it away from the steve nash era got us out of second seven seconds or less uh did the new word mark with the new sun's font and then when nike took over they changed it into what we currently have been wearing you know the uh, association which is your home jerseys if you will uh and then your Icon editions, which ultimately are your wagers, the purple jerseys. So this, you know, I'm pulling up a graphic here. This is what most likely I'm almost 100 percent sure this is what is going to be released tomorrow as the sun's new uni sets. They have a starburst or I'm sorry, a sunburst streaking across the the jersey like the old version that we had in 92, 93. But this is a much more modern version, a lot more clean, less no gradient. The ball is white. It doesn't say suns above the streak. It says it in the streak in a white font in that same word mark that the team has been using since 2013. The same number font that they've been using since 2013 with the white jerseys, the home, the, uh, the association jerseys having the number in purple with a little, orange shadow and then on the purple jerseys it's a white number with an orange shadow so when you see this matthew what are your initial thoughts i think they're okay i think they're 100 better than what we had um they don't pop as much as what we had kind of predicted before um but this is fine i'm excited to see what it looks like on the players yes i don't like the shorts too much i think the jerseys are pretty simple and good um I'm just, they're okay. They're cool. I think they're cool. I don't know if I would buy one, but if we were to play in a playoff series and we have to wear these things, I'd be okay with that. I think they'll pop on the players. Um, the white looks a lot, hell of a lot better than it did before. Amen. Last year and the, since 2017, the purple's been just, uh, I don't know. I just, it reminds me of Josh Jackson because that was his first year. And yeah. I, <clears throat> I don't know the sun's part in the purple though. Is it never going to, it's not going to say Phoenix. I just says Phoenix on the show. It shorts, says Phoenix on the shorts. Yeah. yeah. They're going okay. back to just the suns okay. like they did in the, in the sunburst era. Yeah. And really quick too, there's an important question here. Low suns says, 
Are we getting a new court? The current Rum, one is rumor dead. is yes. I don't know that when they're going to reveal cool, it, but that's, that's what they're important. talking about. That's very important to Majesties. They need to and do I, that. And I think it's going to have like a sunburst in it. That's what I'm kind of hearing. I I'll say this about the, this jersey set. I absolutely love him, Matthew. I really do. And I don't know if that love comes from my affection for this design or my dislike of the previous iteration of Suns jerseys. <laughs> One thing that Nike did when they took over is they took the the Suns word mark and they made it like 3D. Right? They they added little, you know, where when it said Suns on the yeah on the current jersey on the on the the association the home whites you know they 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 added some dark orange to it to make it look 3d and on phoenix and you know i used to complain about this all the time on the phoenix ones they had light gray on the word phoenix so instead of it just being all white it had like these little gray things and i didn't understand that another thing that i really didn't like was the number and what i'm gonna do right now is i'm actually gonna pull up all the jerseys in in phoenix sun's history uh, I've added, you know, this is something that I've I worked on this summer and I've added the two new ones so you can kind of see it juxtaposed. But if you look, one thing that I appreciated last season is when we ran the sunburst throwbacks was seeing the white numbers on the purple jerseys because the white numbers popped. Whereas the previous iteration that we had with the icon editions with Nike, it was an orange number. And while it looks okay on a jersey, it just doesn't pop the same way. That even like the Valley jersey, the Valley jersey, what made it great was that white number on the black background. It just pops. It just looks better. And I think with these new jerseys, you're going to see that. Now, the, the Suns is white on both of them. Um, and I don't necessarily, I don't know how much I like that, but I, I, I really like these jerseys. I really do. I think it's a good homage to a throwback. I like that the Suns wordmark is not on top of the streak, but in it. Uh, I think they're clean. I think that the marketing that's going to be behind this is going to be really nice. I want to see what the back of the jerseys look like because, again, one of my frustrations with the previous Icon Edition, the purple away jerseys, was you had on the back of the jersey, you had an orange number, and then the, the player's name was in gray. And I never understood that. When we got the Valley jerseys or even like the uh, the city – or I'm sorry, the Statement Editions, those those ones with the PHX and the mm -hmm. gradient numbers, the, they're, the name is in white. And again, again, against the black, it just pops better. And that's just a design thing. And again, it's a subjective point of view. Everybody is going to be subjective. You know, Los Suns doesn't like uh, the font number, which is fine. It's the same font number they've been using since 2013 all the way back when they changed. Uh, but again, it's – when it comes to these things, one, it's subjective. Uh, and so there's no right or wrong answer, but I really, I really like the new ones. I'm excited to see them unveiled tomorrow. And then I got a long piece already, already prepped for bright side because I know it's coming. And I'm, I'm saying a lot of the same things that I'm saying right here, right now. Uh, there's the, the, the white, the ball's white. I don't know if I necessarily like the white ball on them. You know, if it was orange, I feel like, like that's one of our primary colors. We're orange and purple. Like why not just make the ball? the ball orange but i think it's their effort to make it you know stand out a little bit more with all the other orange that's occurring around it yeah mm, yeah no no i understand um i think the best thing about this is they didn't have like the sun's actual the the name across the um the sunburst like blend in or anything it does stick out so that's good yes it just seems kind of like kind of military to me or something i don't know why it just which, seems kind of military and just like which i'm okay hmm. with yeah, it's very crisp and cool, but like it just doesn't pop as much as I want it to. And I don't want it to be anything crazy, but it's just like the other ones we looked at with the suns above the sunburst, those ones popped a little bit more. The coloration was a little bit more mixed, 
a little bit more well together, but this will do, man. I think we'll be a little bit more excited once they start wearing them, though. And be, someone asked about the um, the the um, actual jerseys, the yes, city, the city edition. So those will uh, that'll be exciting to see what those look like too. Um, yeah. But so far, it's pretty good. It's good. It's good to me. Uh, on the city editions, the rumor is it's going to say L Valet, so V A L L E. Uh, mm-hmm. There has, if you follow Suns Uni Tracker those, on yeah, Twitter, I like um, it's different. I think uh, I think Devin Booker had a big input into what they're going to look like. I think okay. the the fact that they're black jerseys is interesting because we're going to keep the same statement edition, uh, which in my opinion, the statement edition jerseys are some of the sickest jerseys we've ever had on this team. I think they're fantastic. You know, just they as PHX, so well. they plop, they pop. That so one well. or the Valley? Which one did you like better? I think the Ooh. Valley, just because the Valley when it came out, I was like, oh my god, dude, this yeah, is different. It was, but it, it was a curveball. It wasn't too sure. much. It was too much, and the the, jer- the uh, court looked good too. With it, well, it's interesting if you look at the graphic I've pulled up. The mm-hmm. Valley jersey is right next to the Statement Edition jersey that was mm-hmm. released last year, and man, both are bangers. Like they're just fantastic. I like the trim on the newer ones. If they had used that same trim on the Valley jerseys, the Valley jerseys had a purple trim around the neck and around the, uh, the yeah. sleeves. I think those that would have been like a touchdown, two point conversion, all that fun stuff. But I really like the way that both of those look. So that that's that's hard to choose. Um, I own a Valley jersey. I do want a Statement Edition jersey. Like I'd like a KD Statement Edition jersey just to hang up. I think it'd be absolutely beautiful. Uh, the last thing I do want to say on the new ones. You stated you didn't like the shorts. I love the shorts, and here's why. When Adidas took over, the shorts were really strange. They had like the sun, and then they had like the three wings. It, it looked like yeah, the Phoenix. On, yeah, it was just like it looked like the the Golden Claw on the Dragonborn quest on Skyrim. Like that's what it kind of looked oh, like. So I wasn't playing as a, Skyrim, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I got a whole story, <laughs> a Skyrim story. Maybe I'll tell you offline. Um, I got like so far in this part and it's like, oh, I went down one storyline line a little too far. So it fucked the main storyline. So I have to actually like go back to what previous say. Yeah. Skyrim. I'm like, I'll never play again. I'm just like so pissed. Uh, and then when Nike took over, it became, it almost looks like on, on the current shorts of the Phoenix Suns, uh, it looks like the Oregon Ducks wing. It's like a sun wing. Yep. And yeah. it just doesn't match the rest of the jersey. So what I do like about these is it gives a little bit of homage to the old sunburst where it says Phoenix on the left leg at a slant, and it has the streak going, which matches the top. So it's definitely like it's cohesive. Whereas before, it's like this is the top and this is the bottom. These are your jerseys, and these are your shorts. And I just – I there was no cohesion, whereas this, I feel like there's some cohesion. That's just Yeah, it was just so random, man. Yeah, I remember first seeing those, but I, I do the shorts are okay. I just I like just simple shorts, just plain shorts. I don't like so much on them. Maybe a stripe down the middle, but a full stripe. I don't like the half stripe, little you know, a little dip here and there, a little cut off on the bottom. Just make it a full stripe. I like the simple shorts. Maybe have it just say Phoenix and that's it. I just yeah, but like it has the streak it kind of that's going. Down. But it's it the streak down with the streak. It does. It's just we're we're sunburst and deal with it. They're good. Yeah, so I'm excited. That's uh, they're. They said like 6 a.m. tomorrow, so we'll see when okay. they actually uh, set your alarm. Set your alarm, wake up, and pop on X or Twitter or whatever. <laughs> childhood trauma. All right, Matthew, All right. you said you had a childhood trauma I, topic. Yeah, you know we what? got about six minutes here. What do you What do you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, so um, you know, going to therapy. No, I'm joking. No. <laughs> so I was I was thinking about um ghost stories like do we do we talk about ghost stories before like anything that you've ever when you were younger is there anything that was off 
someone say your name or anything because i'll go first obviously you probably have to think about something but so when i was younger um it happened a few times i think i was around 12 or 13 years old and it probably happened in the same year different houses too this is why it's even creepier um i heard my name said like right behind me and then right in front of me in the dark so in the dark right in front of me and then i was online or no i was playing the sims or maybe looking at porn or whatever late at night <laughs> weekend or something and I was so focused. I think I was building a house or something. And all of a sudden I just hear Matthew. And I'm like, oh my God. I turn around. It was like an older man's kind of voice or something. And it freaked me I went straight to bed. And then one time. How could you go sister, to bed after that? I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I did though. And that's the creepiest thing. I'm like, wait, what just happened? And then I went to bed. Um, I think I did, or else maybe I I don't know. I wasn't on pills back then, so I don't know how I slept. <laughs> Gummies. Um, gummies yeah. <laughs> yeah um but the other one was where i was like laying i was watching tv at my old sister's house she had a two-story and like when you look in front of you um if you're laying there there's a kitchen and there's no lights on it's pitch dark and i just hear matthew i was like it's oh my god terrifying so i turn on the lights and i don't think i slept that night but yeah it was like twice in one year so i just i was thinking about that um when the therapist asked me like do you hear voices i'm like well i heard my name said a couple times i don't know if that counts but what do what do you do you got any stories? Well, what about that one time where you were home alone at our oh old my god place and you were watching Ghost Adventures? Oh my god, I got a couple more too. Yeah, yeah, and then like the freaking <sighs> makeup thing felt. There's no one up there. There's no animal up there knocking stuff over, dude. And it's just like it was yeah, like all over the bathroom. All of a sudden, you heard a crash, right? Yeah, there's um there was this makeup tray. It was like a one of those stackable, just like pull out drawers. You um Ashley put her um. My niece, your daughter, Ashley put her makeup in and it was sitting yeah. on the counter. And all of a sudden I was watching Ghost Hunters. I was really into it then. And there was a really creepy part coming up. I'm like, oh my God, here it comes. And all of a sudden I hear, boom, upstairs. And the thing is just knocked over into the actual, like into the tub. Everything spread all over the place. And like that. Was yeah, it wasn't like hell. it had just fallen. It was like. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense because it's flat. And if it would have fell, it would have fell right away if someone knocked it over. Oh, that was creepy. Um, yeah. and there's one more too, actually. When I was about five years old, uh, six years old, my brother left me at my house by myself. He's like, I'm going to my friends. I'm like, he's like, do you want to go? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, oh, just stay here. My mom and sister weren't home until later. And I think it was maybe an hour. And I was sitting there watching TV. And I was, I just had the weirdest feeling. I, I remember this. And I was sitting there watching TV. And I saw like a black figure actually sitting on the um, the recliner or whatever on the corner. Yeah, and I was just sitting there. And I just could not move. I was so like petrified. petrified. I heard them pull up, and I just ran outside really quick. Jeez. Yeah. So there you go. Whew. Uh, Something's wow. following us. Yeah, I don't have any of that. Like, oh. I had a I had an older sister who used to tell ghost stories and scare the shit out of me as a kid. But like, I've never had my name randomly said or things thrown or anything supernatural. Um, I remember one time living in the house at the Tuke. I thought I heard something like banging all night mm -hmm. long um, against a wall and it ended up being like an owl on top of the roof. Remember the old owls we had there? Oh, yeah. The the owls. Chimney. yeah. And you could hear yeah. it going hoo hoo down the chimney. So like I could always find the answer. But uh, yeah, Hamo says it right. You have the gift, Lissy. You have the gift. <laughs> stuff all around us, man. Yeah, I don't have I don't have any childhood trauma when it comes to any ghost stories or anything like that. It's the real world that fucks me. All right. On that note, Jamsters, uh, what we're going to be doing on Thursdays 
is we're going to revisit start bench trade the jersey editions so it's something that we did i went back like our third episode we ever did was start bench trade jersey number one and what we do for the podcast it's a history lesson for those of you who want you know modern topics we can talk a little bit about modern topics but what we do is we go through the history of the phoenix suns and a specific jersey number we talk about the different players and then at the end we determine who you start who you bench who you trade now there's some some guidelines that we made up along the way and i'm gonna go back and listen to episode like number six when we did like because by by start bench trade jersey number three uh it's we started to have some better rules because it's like some guys played like two games and you're like, yeah, I'd fucking trade that guy. Fuck that guy. So I'll, I'll, re- I'll remind us of what that is, but we put a poll out there on Twitter between jerseys, number 10, 20, 30, and 40. And the Jamsters chose number 10. Uh, I don't know if it's because they cared or they just, that's the first one they clicked. I'll tell you, Jersey number 10 sucks. I went through, I put all the, everything together on the 24 players. I'm like fuck it. all these guys suck. There's, there's a there's lot like, of them. There's, there's, so there's 24. It's, it's the number one most worn jersey in the history of the suns and it's all by shitty people there's like three good guys so it's a history lesson it's topical it's fun it's it's summertime podcasting it's a time to get to know your phoenix suns franchise a little bit more we'll talk about memories we have with specific players if they exist uh and then we'll ultimately determine who we would start who we would bench and who we would trade out of those three and we'll be doing that on thursdays you know probably for the next month we will probably go Jersey number 10, jersey number 20, jersey number 30, jersey number 40, because there's plenty of players in there just for fun. We should uh, just do so, it post post game, like after games, just do it. And everyone's like, what are we, what are we doing? Like, why right are we talking? Eric Gordon just went off for 25 yeah, points. They're talking about fucking Kurt now. Thomas, number 40. <laughs> I do remember shit. when we first started, there was someone that commented, like, I don't know why I'm listening to this. What is the point of this podcast? I've yes. seen that. That yes. one always stick out. I'll never hilarious. forget that. Where, yeah, yeah, we didn't have a lot of listeners back then, and somebody's like, I tuned in. They're just talking about Jersey numbers from fucking 1985. Like, why am I listening to this shit? But it's the summertime. That's what you do. So we'll be coming to you live Thursday, 9 p.m. to discuss those different Jersey numbers and whatnot. Uh, Make sure you tune in and turn on at that time. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. You can follow me at Darth Void and read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. And you can read Matthew's writing at brightsideofthesun.com, right? I'm back. Matthew's back writing, so give him a, a, a read there. Eight and watch. <laughs> Hold on. Eight and watch. Where that's what you would do is you would write eight and watches for Brightside. You'd be like, "Here's <laughs> he was great tonight, and here's why he sucked tonight. And here's why those were great." So maybe when the season comes back around, uh, can where can they follow you on Twitter? At Matthew Lucy. Fantastic. Again, everybody hit the thumbs up. Thanks for hanging out with us on July 31st. And Matthew, what should they do? Go home and love your ghosts. Ooh.